0: Woohoo! And welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Morrison here. This is episode or podcast 351. Welcome back as we take a deep dive to find out what Bill Gates and Warren Buffett look for in people they hire and promote. What do they really feel about the skills needed in the workplace? Those soft skills that are so important. We're going to talk about that today. Had a busy week been coaching people on how to create that perfect persuasive presentation because anybody can present, but is it persuasive? Anybody can inform, but is it influential? Anybody can communicate, but is it convincing people? There's nothing worse after a presentation when people say, good job, thank you. And then you say, are you going to do it? They're like, well, no, but good presentation. That would be in the epic failure category. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. And of course, what Gates and Buffett say. And of course, the geeky article and the blunder of the week. So let's do it. Let's start with the blunder. Homer. Don't, don't, don't. All right. So this goes out to network marketing, MLM. I saw this happen the other week. It definitely hit the blunder category. Now, this has nothing to do with the industry of network marketing or MLM. I personally know 10, probably closer to 20 people that have made over a million dollars in network marketing. It can be a great business model when it's done right and people know how to genuinely influence and convince people. The challenge is a lot of people in network marketing haven't been properly trained and they hit that cheesy high lactose arena where, yeah, they're doing some things that are giving it a bad name. And this would be one of them. So there are a lot of people looking for jobs now and trying to figure things out. And there's this ad for a really kind of great job, had, had the ability to earn some good money. And, of course, there's a job interview. And, of course, people were calling up, wanting the job. It looked great, sounded like a great company, sounded like a great product. And then it was kind of a bait and switch. No, it was a bait and switch where... It was for network marketing where you had to pay them to get a job, to get a straight commission job, basically what it comes down to. And I have no challenge having the interview or interviewing people to join your network marketing company, but what a bad way to start a relationship where people feel deceived that when you get to the point that it's network marketing, not a standard corporate job, you know there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings there. Now, 10 points for creativity, 10 points for getting the phone to ring. But when that happens, a lot of people get upset. They feel like you wasted their time, you took advantage of them, and it's the old standard bait and switch. you got to be very, very careful of that because they might feel like you're lying to them. Nothing's worse when a salesperson calls my company and says, oh, they're expecting my call. I talked to them before. I have an appointment. And they're all lies. How can you start a relationship like that when they're starting it off with a lie or a perceived lie? Just saying, just put it out there. Got to be careful. You can be creative, but when people feel like you've uh, twisted the truth a little bit, it's a lie, it's deceiving, maybe that you're only 90% accurate, those things will destroy your ability to influence and build trust. And that will be our blunder of the week. Which brings us to our geeky scholarly article. Brought to you from the Journal of Psychological Science, Spring.org, and Dr. Noah Shamash. Basically, a cool sign of high IQ. So they found that stronger self-control is a sign of higher intelligence. Because when people are faced with temptation, they have found that people, the more intelligent they are, they tend to stay a little cooler. Basically, when you have a higher intelligence, people waited longer for a larger reward. So they took a look at 103 people and gave them a series of tests that involved choosing between small financial rewards today or larger ones later on. Basically, you want $5 now or $10 in a month. And of course, you know, choosing the larger reward makes sense. But you know, five bucks right now, give me some lunch is a little tempting. This has also been called delay discounting. The longer the people have to wait for a reward, the more they discount its value. So, bottom line is they found that people with higher intelligence could wait longer for the reward and demonstrated higher self-control. In fact, when they were doing this, they were scanning the brain, and the area of the brain called the anterior prefrontal cortex, or we call it the frontal lobe, had greater activation. And when it had greater activation, people had a higher ability to delay gratification. Because that's the area of the brain that allows people to manage complex problems and deal with competing goals. And Dr. Shamish said, it's been known for some time that intelligence and self-control are related, but we didn't know why. And now we know it's the anterior prefrontal cortex, which of course we've talked about on the show, it's the very last thing to mature. That's why when you do it with teenagers and kids, it's a lot more difficult for them to delay gratification." And so this might sound familiar. Remember the marshmallow study? This was done at Stanford with Dr. Walter Michelle. We've talked about that study on the show before. Where they're trying to figure out if they could delay gratification now. Are they better at a young age? Were they more successful in the future? And they said, yes, this was done way back. Again, at Stanford University, I think it was around 1970. They brought these kids into an empty room, no distractions. And there was a treat there. Either two animal cookies or five pretzel sticks. They were on the table. And the researchers said, hey, you can eat the treat now. But if you wait 15 minutes, we're going to give you a second treat. You know, some kids covered their eyes. Some sat on their hands. Some tried to distract themselves. One even tried to take a nap. And so the researchers were trying to see those that could delay gratification. And was that an indicator of success? There were 16 boys and 16 girls in the study. And the results show that not thinking about the reward enhances ability to delay gratification rather than focusing the attention on the future reward. They also theorized that this delayed gratification at this age was a big indicator of their future success. But here's what's interesting, and this was also done in psychological science, where some people didn't buy into this delayed gratification, this self-control, that there were other factors so I got one study says that's high IQ, delayed gratification. We've got the marshmallow study, but then this other study shows it's also based on their economic status. They said it was all about the affluence of the families. Again, the marshmallow test was done at Stanford. People dropping off their kids going to Stanford. I mean, Stanford's an expensive school. And so they found in this subsequent study that children from lower-class homes had more difficulty resisting the treats than the affluent kids. So it was the affluence, the success or wealth, that shaped the ability to delay gratification. You're like, what? So as they looked at the piles of data, things that they were collecting, they found out that poverty makes people focus on the short term because when resources are scarce and the future is uncertain, focusing on present needs is a smart thing to do. The now, the now. Who knows what the future holds? We got to take care of it now. And they says that undermines long-term goals like education, savings, and investment, which just makes poverty worse. So I want to give you both sides of the issue there. There's some truth to all of those. But the reality is if you want to hire somebody or you're working with somebody, you want to see if they have a high IQ, look at their delayed gratification. Because there is a direct correlation between delayed gratification and IQ. And that's our geeky, scarly articles this time of the week. So there's a video that was sent to me a while back from the University of Nebraska. I show this when I teach Perfect Persuasive Presentations. This is a video of Bill Gates and Warren Buffett together, both billionaires, both running successful businesses. So if you could ask them anything, what would it be? And that's what the students are doing. They're asking these questions. And one of the questions was, this young lady was concerned about steps she could take as a new entrant in the job market. She said, what can I do to accelerate my journey towards upper management, to higher level management positions. And this is what happened. Let's listen to the audio clip of this video. What did they say about what they were looking for for people they wanted to promote, upward mobility. Let's kick it off. First person speaking is Warren Buffett, then it's followed by Bill Gates.
1: Yeah, well, one thing I will tell you that I didn't realize when I was getting out of school is how much the unusual person will jump out at you. I mean, you know, and it isn't because they got 200 IQs or anything like that. It's really because of just how they behave, you know, what they bring, the energy they bring, the commitment they bring, the quality of how they do things, how they treat the people around them, all kinds of things. But you will jump out much more than you might anticipate one of the things you would want to be sure to do uh, is, whether you like it or not, get very comfortable, it may take a while, with public speaking, for example. I mean, that, that's a, an asset that will last you 50 or 60 years, and it's a liability if you don't like doing it and are uncomfortable doing it, that also will last you 50 or 60 years, and it's a necessary skill. But a lot of the skills are just human skills. If you get the best out of people around you, that's a rare talent and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't correlate with IQ, it correlates with a, you know, an attitude and a, t- toward the world and toward other people. And It's a talent that if you work at early and you're really conscious about it, you, know, you don't have to show up other people, you, know, you don't have to be smarter than they are, or anything else. you want to bring out the best in them,
2: it will pay huge dividends. Certainly in the business Microsoft is in, the opportunity of, of an employee after they've been with the company, even say three years. People can start to rise. They can rise because they are good at strategy uh, and that's mostly writing things. They can rise because they're leaders of people. Uh, They can rise because they're an individual contributor. And we try to have career paths that are good for each of those things. The ideal person, to be frank, is somebody who's good at all three of those things. And as you get high up in the organization, the jobs really demand uh, great individual thinking skills, being great with people and great with strategy. It's always stunning to me given how many smart people there are and in these individual buckets there's, uh, there are quite a few people. But when you want that combination, it's rare. And I don't know why it is. It's possibly if you're a good individual contributor that you're given so much slack that you're never encouraged to reach out to other people and get their ideas. But the, the people who have that right combination or if, they, if they're not good at one of those things, they partner up with someone and draw. Uh, that missing piece out, those are very rare. So whenever we're looking at top spots, uh, you know, it, it, if we could find more people like, like that, we'd, it'd be a fantastic thing.
0: I hope you caught that long list of soft skills, which some studies shows is 85% of your success. Now let's start with Bill Gates and what he said. Now he's looking for three things, and he says it's very rare to find someone that has all three of these. Now strategy... That would be your thinking skills. That's obviously important. And some people are really good at being a contributor. But then, of course, he said leaders, those that are great with people. And I really love what Warren Buffett said. He says the unusual person. Now, he's not talking about IQ here. He mentioned energy, commitment, quality of how they do things, and how they treat people around them. So let's talk about a few of those. The unusual person. Now, energy level is critical. In fact, that was one of the traits I found with charismatic people when I was researching laws of charisma. Having energy, giving people energy, having a health plan, exercising, being full of energy was a trait found in charismatic people. Because you don't want to be the person that's sucking the energy out of people. You want to give energy to people. You want to have that energy. and You can't give energy to people if you don't have that energy yourself. In fact, if you want to know more about energy, go to the archives, the podcast archives at influenceuniversity.com. The archives membership is free, and you can learn how to have and transfer more energy. In fact, everything you need, go to maximizeyourinfluence.com. You can find a link to the archives, link to the advanced training at Influence University. You can take your free persuasion IQ assessment, see where you rank, and get the free book, the new edition of Maximum Influence. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. All right, that's our commercial. Let's go back to Warren Buffett, how they treat people around them, those people skills. But the best thing he said, and part of my world, what I do, he says, whether you like it or not, public speaking is going to be a great asset for you or a great liability. It's a necessary skill you have to have. Then he also talked about human skills, getting the best out of people around you, getting those people skills. Then the best thing he said, is part of my world, I'm a big advocate of this. He says, whether you like it or not, you have to learn how to do public speaking. It's going to be a great asset to you, upward mobility, or great liability. It's a necessary skill that you have to have. In fact, to get back to laws of charisma, your public speaking skills is also part of your charisma, how you present yourself. The studies show get upward mobility and your presentation skills go hand in hand. But it's interesting that Warren Buffett even talks about this. You see, when he was in his early 20s, Warren Buffett was terrified of public speaking. He couldn't do it. He'd throw up. And at that time, he was doing business school at Columbia. And he saw this ad in the paper for Dale Carnegie's public speaking course for college students. He's like, I need this. He signed up. He gave him a $100 check. And he was so scared he stopped the payment on the check. He couldn't do it. He was just too terrified. And then he graduated from Columbia, went back to Omaha, and got a job selling securities. But the problem was there, he couldn't speak in front of people. And they he saw the ad in the paper again, he went to sign up, this time he gave him $100 cash, because he said, if I give him cash, I knew I wouldn't get it back and I would show up. And he did show up. And he said there's about 30 people in the class. And these people were terrified. They could barely say their own names in front of people. And they met once a week for 12 weeks. And they would give different types of speeches and practice and taught us these psychological tricks to overcome their fears. And he made it through the class. But when the course was over, what people don't know is he knew that if he didn't get in front of people right away, he would lapse back into his fear. And so he went to the University of Omaha and said he wanted to start to teach. And he kept doing it, kept doing it, and he kept doing it. And what he said about graduate school is really interesting. He says, you learn all this complicated stuff, but what's really essential is being able to get others to follow your ideas. And Warren Buffett credits much of his success to the class. In fact, in his office right now, he doesn't have a diploma from the University of Nebraska or Columbia. And still to this day, on the wall, has his Dale Carnegie graduation certificate on the wall. He says, that $100 course was more important than any degree that I have. So it doesn't matter what you do, what your career path is, you need to learn how to present yourself. Public speaking is a critical skill. Whether you're in sales, you're in management, or a leader, it's a big part of influence. And he said, if I hadn't done that, my whole life would have been different. In fact, I teach public speaking at the university level. Why? It's a critical life skill. They need it. In fact, when I see students or they contact me on LinkedIn, they said, that was the best class. That was the most important class. That class helped me the most because it's critical. When you add presentation skills with your persuasion skills, your ability to answer questions, to think on your feet, to handle a heckler, in fact, the last speech of the year, and I do this with live trainings where I teach perfect persuasive presentations, we bring in hecklers. Because if you can't handle a heckler, you can't handle a mean question, you can't handle someone taking you off course, then you're not going to be very persuasive. In fact, if you want to get the training on persuasive presentations, go to Maximize Your Influence. I will give you a special deal this week on handling the fear. How do you format a persuasive Presentation. How do you handle the heckler? How do you deal with the crazy people in your audience? In fact, how did I get into this? How did I get into speaking? It wasn't my favorite thing. This is how I got into it. When I was working on my graduate degree, there were all these group projects. Semester-long group projects. It was good. at teaching you to work in groups, work with other people's strengths and weaknesses. But here's what's interesting. And this is how I graduated, just so you know. The group would get together, very first meeting, get to know each other. And the question came up, who's giving the presentation? Because in these groups, you had to write a paper, and there had to be an hour-long presentation at the very end to share your findings with the class and the professor. And the question comes up, who's going to do the presentation? Who's going to do it? I'm like, I'm not doing it. We'd all go around the whole circle, no one would do it. We'd go around a second time, I would say, I'm not doing it. Again, nobody in the circle will do it. And the third time around, I would finally say, oh, I'll tell you what, if you guys do all the research and write the paper and create the PowerPoints, you know, I'll do your presentation. (laughs) It wasn't my favorite thing to do, but when you do the math on how much time that saved me, it was worth learning. So here's what I recommend to you. Volunteer to speak, master the skill, get better, record yourself. Again, direct correlation between your public speaking skills and your promotions, your upward mobility, and your income. Go learn how to do improv. Learn to conquer that fear. It's okay to have some butterflies in your study. Get those butterflies to fly in formation. You've got this. You can do this. I know it's not your favorite thing to do right now, but most people won't even do it. This is one of the number one fears out there, public speaking. That's why Jerry Seinfeld makes fun of that. People would rather be in the casket than give the eulogy because public speaking is a higher fear than death. Makes no logical sense. Get out there and do it. So many people aren't willing to do it to put themselves out there that's why they don't get the promotion. That's why they're not influential. I am telling you, this skill will make the huge difference. Take the advice from Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Learn the soft skills. And I know that's why you're doing That is why you're here. So thanks for listening today. That's our podcast. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. It can be found on MaximizeYourInfluence.com, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also find us on YouTube under Maximize Your Influence. And you wonder what I talked about on the YouTube channel this week? The 10 common sales mistakes or blunders that people are making right now that's costing them money. So take one thing that Bill Gates said, I said, Warren Buffett said, and just apply it, use it, become more influential, become a better negotiator, improve your public speaking skills. And when you do that... It's inevitable you will persuade with power.